The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. What's up, everyone? Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. I, it always makes me happy. I can use some love. Just hit that share button. Tell someone about this podcast that it's always a good listen. Even if it's not, I encourage you to lie. Please do. I want to mention our sponsor right off the top, U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the nation, offering pay trading and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers, U.S. Postal Service. Deliver for the nation. And I want to give a shout out to our friends at Adore. That's our podcast platform. If you like the bells and whistles, kids, and you like podcasts, and I know you do, you're listening to this one, go download the Adori app. It's A-D-O-R-I. That's actually an anagram for radio. Huh. How about that, kids? You learned something. And what you do is you download it to your phone. You can listen to all your podcasts. So if you like your Rogan or your whatever your silly mystery crime story a podcast of the week is, you can listen to them all there. But then if you listen to certain podcasts like this one, they will come alive. Images, links, and other things come up right on your phone. It's kind of cool. Adori, A-D-O-R-I. If you want more info on them, adorilabs.com is where you go. So... My guest is waiting very patiently. This guy is very interesting, and he must be one of the most interesting men in the world because I've had like three or four people tell me, you got to meet this guy. He is, uh, he's a mortgage guy, but he, more importantly, he, he's, he's an evil genius. No, no, not evil. He's just a genius. He's devised a networking system called Core7. Core he's uh, an Amazon best-selling author, and I should finally mention his name. Mark Mayaka is here. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, David. Thanks so much. Usually, we we actually did a fair amount of show prep. Okay, kids. We did a fair amount of show prep today. We had a little chit-chat and decided what we wanted to talk about today. But I, I really should have gotten the pronunciation of your name down. Mayaka, did I, how did I do? Uh, not too good. Not good, but I've heard that version uh, <laughs> many times. It's Mayoka. Mayoka. All right. Mayoka? Mayoka. Mayoka. Okay. I got it now. All right. Let's start over. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't do that to our <laughs> listeners. So, Mark, um, you know what we do on the Boston Podcast? We're only going to do it for about five minutes because um, I want to make sure we maximize our time. But you're a Boston guy. You grow What town did you grow up in? Newton, Massachusetts. Newton, Mass. So, as such, we need to put you in the Boston vault for about five minutes and lock you in there. These men are here for your protection. They're not armed as far as I know. And doors swinging in. Here we go. Okay. So what you're going to do is answer some questions about our fair city. And uh, let's start with an easy one. What What's your most memorable uh, local sporting event that you've ever attended in person? 2004, uh, game two of the World Series. Red Sox beat the Cardinals. All right. Let's see if, if I can remember which game that was. Oh, I think I do. Uh, no, 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 not. Yeah, I remember game one because game one was uh, Wakefield and it was raining and it was um, my brother's was getting married that night. And um, uh, that was a little distracting for him, unfortunately. But we won like 12 to 8, I feel like. Game two, I don't remember what happened. We won. Obviously, it was a sweep. I don't year. I don't remember it that well either. <laughs> <laughs> I just know they won. 
had had, had a couple of uh, Narragansetts that evening, perhaps in celebration. Yeah, what do you, what night. year that was? Now, were you were you um, like most confident that we were going to crush in that World Series after the after the Holy War that was the the series with the Yanks? I uh, I didn't think they were going to come back from the three zero. Um, oh, the, in, the against the Yanks, right? No way. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> um, are you a so- are you a Sox fan first and foremost, or the other sports, or Red Sox? I'm I'm Boston through and through. Red the- Sox, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins. Newton North or Newton South or something else? Newton South. Uh, I had a, a ton of family that went to Newton North, so I was kind of the the guy that brought the two schools together. This was before. Now nowadays, they're all they everyone hangs out together. But back so in the eighties, uh, it's so it's not. It's still a rivalry, is it not? Or not really, not really. Uh, that actually started because it used to be Newton High, mm-hmm. and then Newton South broke broke off. So. If your parents went to Newton High, they always kind of created the rivalry. But now, uh, most of the uh, most of the parents who went to Newton High aren't aren't around to kind of stir it up anymore. So, next Boston question: If you have someone coming in from out of town, and there's a place you want to take them, restaurant, or even like a, a site, um, whether it be Newton, Metro West, or downtown, do you have a go-to? I have two. Okay. So, uh, so one that we always go to, which is uh, more common, is Union Street in yeah. Newton Center. Yeah, we were just talking about that before we started recording. That's funny. And yep. the uh, the one that I always bring up is it's a place called the Echo Bridge. It's uh, it's called a few things. It's called the Echo Bridge. It's called Mario's. It's uh, it's in uh, it's in Newton Upper Falls, and it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal uh, neighborhood bar, great food, great people, uh, and the uh, the owner Paul is a, is a great guy. So. Yesterday on the podcast, I had Lisa Evans, and she is uh, director of the Concord uh, Community Theater, Concord Youth Theater. Oh, I almost got it right. And uh, she's better known as the mom of Chris Evans, who's Captain America. We got into a discussion about Boston accents in film. Does it bother you when someone does a poor Boston accent in a film? Because um, I say this with love, y- you you can't hide yours, my friend. <laughs> no, no, I hide, I, I hide mine, but you know, sometimes if I can comes out, what are you gonna do? I definitely can't hide mine. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me that much, but Jeff Bridges in <laughs> Blown Away oh my was God. the worst that yeah. I've ever seen. Wow, that's a great call. I always pull that one out, and no one's heard of it. That is the that is the worst, and there are plenty of bad ones. There there were a few of them. Mystic River. I was just. Uh, uh, browse channel surfing and was watching The Departed, excuse me, The Departed uh, the other night, and Wahlberg's is spot on because he knows how to do it. Martin Sheen's was horrendous. Alec Baldwin's was horrendous, but no one was worse than Jeff Bridges. And Lloyd Bridges, he wasn't very good either. They're both in that movie, but right. oh God, was he bad. Okay. Um, you've done nicely here, Mark. We're going to let you out of the vault. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank was you. It? That was fun. So, so tell, us, tell us about um, Core 7. Um, this, is, this is not just well first off you want to talk about the book first or core seven because these are different things well it's so we'll start with uh with the book which is kind of kind of my story um that it all kind of everything is now inspired by uh when i was 16 years old uh my dad um passed away of cancer i came home one night they were worried about it you know we heard we heard the bad news and and six weeks later he was gone and they had no life insurance. And mm. so I watched my mother, you know, not, not, she did a great job, but mm. 
I watched. It was tough. It wasn't. We didn't have the luxuries, um, you know, that we had before he passed. And, uh, it, you know, it was it was really tough on us. And Newton ain't cheap, no matter where you live. No, no. And, and, <laughs> and, and she did a great job, and she kept us, you know, happy, and we didn't really notice it then. Um, I notice it now a lot more looking back. But uh, the, the thing about it was they sold insurance for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, they sold property and casualty insurance, and they didn't have the life insurance coverage. So, I mean... We lost, they were doing well. They had a couple houses. They had, you know, plenty of a thriving business. They had, uh, you know, th- things were starting to, 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 really, to really be great. And then this happened and they had to fi- sell everything in a fire sale. What was the business? Uh, it was property. It was called Myoka Insurance Agency. It was in Newton and uh, it was doing very well. And at the time, my mother was getting her life insurance license to be able to, Ironically, to do, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it was a you know classic case of the uh, the cobbler's kid yeah. having no shoes. So, you know, years later, her son becomes a mortgage originator, and so I'm going through the business and I'm learning it. And I remember my mother always talking about the guy who did their mortgage for their first house mm-hmm. and how great he was, mm-hmm. and he was the nicest guy. Uh, and I said, you know, ma, he. I think he was terrible. She said, <laughs> you know, really? I said, well, you know, he had multi, I said, you did, you bought two homes, you did multiple um, renovations. I said, so you had to refinance. I said, you had multiple times going through the mortgage process where this mortgage originator could have said, you know, how's your relationship with your financial advisor? You have some financial ramifications you should address now that you're taking on a new mortgage. And my mother looked at me and she said, you got a great point. She said, he probably thought we were all set because that's what we did. And and for example, the obvious example, he never asked, do you have life insurance? And and it's right on the application. He didn't even talk about it. Right. Um, And the funny thing is, is they, you know, as she thought about this and as I looked at all the mortgages that I've done in my career, I don't see many people with a full financial team there's always holes in someone's financial plan and even the few people and it's literally like one i've i've closed over a billion dollars in loans in my career and i can think of maybe five people who have all seven professionals that we have in the core seven on their team Mm -hmm. and i can only think of one where the seven professionals are collaborating together on the client's behalf. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is a concept that um, is near and dear to my heart, having worked, having been in net- networking organizations for a long time and having worked for USA 500 in the past, that's uh, you know local one here. Um, there is a, a great art and a great puzzle to be put together if you want to get clients from other professionals. And in the old days, I think people would just say, where's your business come from? Oh, word of mouth, word of mouth. And people, that to me, that always meant you're, you're well regarded, you probably are, you probably have a good reputation, you do good work, so people think of you, but you, you don't have a plan. Am, am I right about that? It, it's true, I mean, one of the things is the, is, so, so the book I wrote is a parable. Let's start with the book, sorry. It's a parable <laughs> okay. on, uh, where a family, they want to buy a, buy a home. And the beginning is the first six chapters are, the, are kind of the way it's done. And I think it's the wrong way. 
and it kind of tells the story about this family, you know, going through the process, becoming very frustrated and really kind of getting discouraged. But then they meet this mentor and he introduces them to his team. Was and his it, name Mark? No, his that. Oh. Uh, and it's, it is funny <laughs> that the all of the characters in the book are uh, based on real people. Oh, cool. <laughs> real people. That Do they I've, know this? Do they all know this? No, and uh, some are good. The, the ones that oh, the, I see. the ones that it's complimentary, they know. Okay. The ones that it isn't, they don't. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably never know because they're probably not self-aware enough to figure such a thing out. Absolutely. Right. So um, it takes them through the whole entire process from start to finish. And the thing is, is when you buy a home, it triggers so many other financial ramifications. This, once you buy a home, there's certain things you need to do. Like you need to protect it. You need to get a will. Um, when you buy a home, you know, people start to think about children and that's where you have to start thinking life insurance. And what I found is there's like a three to five year gap between the closing of the home and actually doing what you're supposed to do financially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what our system does and the way my process is and the way the book explains is you can actually get that team set up while you're buying a home so that you have the team collaborating together on your behalf and you have coverage. Great. You're making buying a home even more stressful for everyone doing it. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, <laughs> you, you, you seem to be saying that buying a home is just a good trigger and uh, don't let me put words in your mouth, but it is typically the first thing that, you know, a couple does when they plan their life other than, you know, getting married. Most most people, I guess, get married before they buy a home. I don't know. What, what do I know? But but it's it's the first big financial decision. Kids usually come after that. And so what you're saying is what a good time to set up the other pieces. Absolutely. And, and it, there's a lot to it. So when someone buys a home, you know, the mortgage originator, you know, does a pre-approval where we figure out what they can afford based on their debt-to-income ratios, which includes the mortgage payment and what's on the credit report. Well, that doesn't take into, a, into account their lifestyle goals and their, their, how much they spend going out to eat, if they like to travel. So, like, there's certain parts in our system where at pre-approval, one of the things I always suggest is that they speak with the financial advisor on my team to just do a cash flow analysis to make sure – you know, they're comfortable with the whole process. So actually, contrary to what you said, it actually makes the process of buying a home easier, easier. Yeah. because they're more confident. The advisor kind of going through some of the process with them and talking about the future actually relaxes them and makes them feel really good about the purchase of the home. Um, well, you know, they, they feel they, like they're getting good advice. They feel like they got a team behind them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they have less buyer's remorse after they get that offer accepted and they start to see how much interest they're going to pay over 30 years. And the name of the book is What's Your Rate? How to Buy a Home and Secure Your Financial Future at the Same Time, available on Amazon. And I take it wherever you buy fine books, right, Mark? Absolutely. Um, you'll find it. And so if you are uh, consuming this podcast on the Adori app, you've got a link right there. Click through, go ahead and buy the book. It's a bargain. It's only sixteen ninety nine. The Amazon says there's only two left in stock and in paperback, Mark. We better restock that. So act now, people. Get on. Click. I, yeah. I, I guess that's just an inventory thing. <laughs> you, you'll be able to buy the book. Trust me, people. They'll absolutely do it. I think they do it to you know get people to uh, to buy it. It. it uh, but also, if you don't want to buy the hard copy of the book, um, you can go to 
um, mycore7.com backslash team, uh, and you get a free uh, ebook version. Cool. And that's the numeral seven, uh, www.mycore. Why did I say the W's? Everybody knows the W's by I now. Still do. People, I still if, do. Oh, do you? <laughs> mycore7, the numeral seven, mycore7.com slash team. And I, we're going to find out who these mysterious seven people are that Mark has determined will make your life better and really run your life. And then you just sit back and you, you know, you have a beer and that's the way it goes. Now you still have to work, unfortunately. Um, Before we get to that, I do want to mention our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the U.S., offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. Uh, the workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers, so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at usps.com slash careers. So who are these? Uh, oh, wait, I have one more uh, housekeeping note. I want to tell you about a new podcast on pod617.com, and as it happens, this is someone you know, Mark. It's a pal of yours, our friend Sug. He only goes by Sug. Don't ask me what his real name is. No one knows. S-O-O-G, Sug. <laughs> name of the podcast here at Pod617 is Sug Says. It's the thinking man's guide to life. So Sug has his uh, partner in crime, Jonesy. They talk about that. What they do is they answer every day dilemmas that you 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 struggle with and like if you're fighting over the thermostat in your home sue will tell you what the correct answer is he'll even tell you what the correct temperature is so check it out all episodes of pod617.com or on apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts sue says um and perhaps he'll have you as a guest mark i think you know he should have his buddies in and would you would you be willing to go into the 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 sue chamber of doom yes it's uh it's extremely entertaining, yeah. and uh, you know he's kind of—he doesn't pull any punches either. No, he—he—he he, he admits that he's not for everyone, as he <laughs> says. But I think he's—he's kind of being self-critical because he's—I think everyone can um, can get something out of it. And um, just to just to further prove that I'm not perfect, I forgot to mention something about the U.S. Postal Service. They're actually hiring for the holiday season. Eighteen bucks an hour for the seasonal work from November 9th to nineteenth through January third, two uh, thousand twenty. Please apply today. Website I already mentioned, usps.com backslash careers. For, for, for further information, you can also email them, greaterbostonhiring at usps.gov with any questions. Come join us and make some extra money for the holiday season, kids. Jeez, we could all use it, I'm sure. What? By the way, what's... Um, uh, uh, I said backslash. Did we stop saying backslash at some point? Is there a difference between the backslash and the front slash on a keyboard? There are both. Well, did they both work? I thought it was backslash. That <laughs> yeah, but people just say slash now. Okay. I don't know. It's a tribute to the uh, Guns N' Roses uh, guitarist, <laughs> I think. All right, so there was, So when you put together this professional team, and I guess the first thing I'd ask you is when you work with someone, do you? let's say you, you get introduced to a client um, and you're meeting them for the first time. Do you volunteer to put together this team for them? Or your team's already in place, I suppose. Well, what I say is I basically tell them, you know, that I take a different approach than most mortgage originators. And, you know, along this process, I may mention some other service providers that I work with that will benefit them. And I asked their permission if that was be, would be okay. I said, there's no obligation, but there might be a reason you want to talk with somebody. They always say, you know, that's fine. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why during the process, I'm able to, you know, introduce my team and, and I feel like I'm getting the person in a much better financial situation than uh 
than they than they could be. So who are these magical seven people? We have the uh, the real estate agent, mm-hmm. the mortgage originator, the closing the closing attorney. In some states, it's the escrow officer, the accountant, the financial advisor, the estate planning attorney, and the property and casualty insurance agent. And the hairstylist, you forgot that, <laughs> and the ice cream man. No, um, so. These are, it strikes me as the, the average consumer hears all these things and at, at first blush might not even know what each one does, but that's kind of the point, right? You want, these are bases you need covered. And there's a lot that even the ones that know don't know. Um, one, one story that I, I can't mention names, but a very famous uh, uh, rock star, mm-hmm. um, you know, came in to, to do a mortgage for me once and, uh, I was really excited. I mean, mortgages are kind of the same. There's tax returns, there's W-2s, but I, I was really kind of excited to see this one. I wanted to see like, wow, you know, let's, I want to see how the royalties work. I want to, it was interesting. Have you ever performed with Mick Jagger? I mean, just, just mm. some really, some really cool <laughs> stuff. So right. I, I was uh, excited about this one and I had them come into the office. Usually I work over the telephone, but they were, they were local. So they came in and the guy had just been, been through hell and back. You could tell. Mm. And uh, long story short, he had ha- he had to fi- file bankruptcy, and uh, it was because he sideswiped a doctor in the car, mm. and the damages to this to this doctor were much more than the insurance covered. Wow! And he had no umbrella policy. Mm. Um, for anyone that knows, that protects you from being sued and and some other stuff. So it protects your assets. And it's really cheap. Well, he's a he's a rock and roll star partying all the time. How could he possibly have anticipated him getting into a car accident? I mean, that, that what are the chances? <laughs> I shouldn't I, joke. I shouldn't joke. So <laughs> so so that was a wake up call for um, our rocker friend here. Right. And yeah. so the property and casualty insurance agent people usually when they buy a home just go to their, you know, regular uh, agent, and usually they don't talk about the umbrella. It's very transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, when this guy came in, I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know, for, for, for $16 a month, you know, you could have, oh, you boy. know, had a million in coverage or, you, you know, you, you, you would have your fortune right now. Um, and there's just so many different stories that I can tell you that you need every single one of these professionals for some reason or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh we have a system and a process so that it flows where it's not overwhelming. It's during the process. It's when it makes sense. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just really so easy. So that's why uh, Aerosmith have come, coming up with those shitty albums um, in recent years because they, they were broke. No, it wasn't them. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, <clears throat> or was it? No. Uh, I, I respect that. He's a client. Or she. Or she. Um, so... From a, from a, I want to get to, because you, um, having been in finance one way or another for a while, you said you have a couple interesting stories about 2008, which is when many games changed. But um, before we get to that, um, as a professional, so as a, if I'm a, you know, a trust and states lawyer, or financial advisor, and I'm listening to this podcast, like, that's cool. I want six other people. You know, I might have two. I might have a couple of these roles already in my network, people I work with, but can they go to your website? And are you envisioning a day where you're kind of the matchmaker of this whole thing or what? Absolutely. I mean, the way it works is we've, uh, we've broken the, um, 
the groups up into territories where there's only going to be one group per territory, one group owner mm-hmm. um, can be any one of the seven. And from that, we do some marketing to drive people to our website where there's a find a group tab. So people are putting in their, you know, people who don't want to start a group but would like to be part of one are putting in their information um, and it lets us know. And if there's an opening where there's a group leader looking for that, uh, that type of professional, we're going to introduce them to the, uh, to the group leader. So we do do some, some things to uh, help um, build the group, but we teach the people who buy our course, we teach them to recruit the right way. We give them the tools to find the right people, ask the right questions to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for the group. And we do it in a way where it's not overwhelming, where you can still do your job. Like we have something we call the recruiting webinar. You just copy the link, send it to the next person, and then they're going to find out everything about the group where you don't have to sit there and meet with them for two hours just to find out they might not be the right fit. So we kind of help uh, the group owners and the group leaders do this. And by the way, um, Mark has a podcast, the Core 7 Business Podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, including the Adori app. I'm certain you can find it there. Just go to the search bar. The Core 7 Business Podcast. Uh, You were telling me you have a lot of fun with it. Tell me about the pod a little bit. We try to to have, um, you know, some of the Core 7 type people. We'll have basically any successful business owner. um, And we're asking questions about how they how they work with their team. That's kind of the main thing, but it's got some great tips on it where, uh, you know, here's how this person is, is generating most of their business. Here's, here's what, here's what they would do if they could start over. So we're asking a lot of questions like that. It's pretty cool. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, it sounds like a lot of the, the podcasts out there that are about entrepreneurs, but maybe a little bit more focus on how you use the the team to get there. Is that Yes, that's fair to say. That's that's that's, that's cool. Chest. Well, I gotta listen. I confess I haven't yet, but I I kind of saw it. I will. I promise. I'm gonna subscribe right now. I'm subscribing. I'm hitting subscribe. Core Seven Business Podcast. We are up against the clock a little bit, Mark. We're gonna have to have you back. I mean, I can tell there's a lot we left uncovered, but um, I I need to to bite on something you threw out. Um, having gone through 2008, where was I in 2008? I was um, still at Lawyers Weekly, and then I, like a genius, I um, actually launched a, a new newspaper called Exhibit A in 2008, and Globe uh, reports so it was it was written about the law, but for the consumer. And I remember a Globe reporter called me and said, "So you decided to launch a new um, newspaper slash magazine during one of the worst financial crises in the country?" I said, "Yeah, I'm a genius. You just wait and see." And um, I was not a genius, but um, we did have fun with that, but, but it was a turning point for so many. So what are your memories or give us one, if you have to pick one. If I, if I, there's a few stories that I have that, um, that, uh, that I could tell, but the one I, which kind of educates the consumer on, on something we always get questioned on is the, when doing a loan, they're always like, why can't you talk to the appraiser? Like we're not allowed to talk to the appraiser anymore. And one of the reasons for that, that I always explain to people is um, what was happening back then is people were buying these houses. They didn't need any documentation. You know, you could, you could basically put the numbers in on an application and get something to qualify. You know, mm-hmm. there was no verifying of W-2s. There was no verifying of tax returns. So what would happen is someone would buy a home and the originator would get the appraisal done. So they bought the home. Mm-hmm. Then 
they'd refinance and take cash out of the home, and the originator would push the appraiser to bring it in higher. They would do this, and, and there was no... The, you could refinance every single month if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And these, they would keep taking the cash out of the home, keep, keep taking the cash out of the home, and the originator would push the appraiser, push the appraiser, until finally it just couldn't be done. The underwriter was finally saying, no, I'm not buying into this appraiser. Right. Well, then the people who bought this home then took all the, um, all the woodworking, you know, the granite countertops and sold it off and then took that money and went back to, you know, they, a lot of times it was uh, someone from a different country. They take the money back to feed their family and leave this house that now was not livable. Right. That was a huge thing that happened in, in 2008. There was a lot of flipping. There were some rules that are in place now that if put in back then, we could have avoided uh, that, you know, it, it was the biggest, it was almost as bad as the Great Depression. Did you see the movie, uh, The Big Short? Yes, very accurate. What did you think? You think it was accurate? It was, it was scary, right? It was, it was so scary when some of these, these guys, these, these financial titans, um, I forget who the character was played by Steve Carell, but, the, you know, they went down to Florida and started doing actual interviews of people who had like five or six mortgages and they just weren't making payments on the mortgage. And, and, you know, every, no one, everyone was just kind of shrugging about it. And so you could, you soon, the picture came to life that this was, you know, a system built on toothpicks. It was, I mean, there were originators who mortgage originators who refinanced themselves every single month. So they, they never had to make a mortgage payment. They went two, three years of just doing refinances, getting paid a commission for doing their own loan, and because they refinance it before the payment was due, mm-hmm. they would make the payment with what was called yield spread premium from some investor on Wall Street, and then they would do it every single month. So there were mortgage originators going years without ever making a mortgage payment and getting paid to redo their mortgage every yeah. single month. I mean, there was some crazy stuff going on. Unbelievable. Well, once again, core business podcast. Who's your pod partner there? Uh, Mark Stiles. The great attorney, Mark Stiles, who uh, is a pal of mine as well. So check that out for sure. Uh, MyCourse7.com slash team is where you should learn more about uh, Mark's system. And, of course, the book, What's Your Rate? How to Buy a Home and Secure Your Financial Future. At the same time, did you have fun? Yes, I did. This was great, David. Thank you so much. Well, we'll have to have you back at at some point. Anytime we need a little financial uh, business uh, info. Um, Mark Mayaka. How'd I do on the name that time? A little better? Mayoka. Mayoka. (laughs) Mayaka. That's what my high school coach used to say. Good. I feel like I just went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Anyway, his (laughs) name's Mark. Or if you're from Boston or Newton, it's Mac. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Let's do a shout-out to our mutual friend, Scott Katz. Katz, if you're listening, um, once you're done with this podcast, get back to work, which for you means reading articles on ESPN and complaining via email about the Red Sox. And then he does some actual work, too. We love you, Scott. And he's the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan I know. That's right. He worships at the Church of Bruce. Yes. Uh, Be good, Katz. We love you. 
Uh, once again, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please hit share. Share it with a friend or a colleague. A shout out to our sponsor, USPS.com slash careers, the United States Postal Service. On behalf of Mark, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.